Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, happy weekend, whatever it is for you. <laughs> Thank you for your company. This is Your Tech Life. I'm going to say episode 352 is what you're listening to. It's great to have your company. We have a fair few things to talk about tonight. Wow. There's a bit of news around, and I'm going to do my darndest to skip all the things that I covered uh, recently with Stephen Fennick on Two Blokes Talking Tech and just talk about other things, because that way both podcasts work together for you and uh, you get all the tech news, because we can't fit it all into one show, can you? <clears throat> Lots to talk about tonight. I, I, um, I tried a new taxi app yesterday. I will, t- <laughs> I will tell you my experience with that, and that little giggle may give it away. Um, I, I played with a tablet worth... Uh, 15, $1,800 uh, this week. My kids did too. And you know what? It had a feature I've never seen in a tablet before. What about this uh, listen bait? That's what that is, isn't it? It's making you want to listen. Um, I want to talk about headphones. I want to talk about virtual reality. I want to talk about Christmas. I want to talk about drones. I want to talk about television. And I want to bring you two interviews from the radio show in the last week or so um, that I think are awesome little Aussie companies and well worth sharing with you here as well. So that is all ahead here. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies, and of course Alcatel and the Alcatel mobile range of products available at um, the telcos, even at your local servo. They're everywhere. Uh, Alcatel, uh, proud supporters of your tech life. Uh, Great to have your company here. Episode 352, as always. Uh, jump on the email, uh, eftm.com.au is where to go to email me. And, of course, you can tweet me, at Trevor Long, anytime you like. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but Trevor Long's the world's best techie. I was thinking I could do to people who are listening in the car or um, or even on headphones. I don't know if this will work, but, you know, I could be right over here and we could just have a conversation, just you and me over here. That'd be fine. Or I could go over here and just have a chat over there as well. Or I could come back into the middle, just mucking around. Um, <clears throat> now, I got an email yesterday from uh, 1-3-Cabs. Now, 1-3-Cabs is a new brand name for a collective of taxis in Sydney and also Melbourne, South Australia, a range of other places. And, you know, to their credit, um, I think they are acknowledging, taking on the chin, the challenges of the recent year or so and their fight with Uber. Uh, no point fighting anymore. It's legislated and all those kind of things. And uh, I think that the announcement made me feel like they were really trying to take on Uber as an existing industry. Um, Things like um, the new app will change the way passengers interact with drivers, simplifying the entire booking process thanks to a more intuitive app experience. Time-saving improvement, passengers can now order a taxi with literally two taps of the app. Um, This is all seemingly good. So what I did yesterday... <clears throat> Excuse me. I I walked. I was at the radio station, ready for the radio show, and I walked out onto the curb. And I thought I will download the app and I will order a taxi. So uh, it's called One Three Cabs. It's available now on the Android and Apple app stores. <clears throat> and the great thing is, you can choose in a similar way to Uber the type of taxi you want: wheelchair, civil service, maxi taxi, wagon, or just the closest available. Um, and you you put the pin on the address and you click set pickup. Very standard 
thing to do. Uh, and I did that and I thought that was pretty good. So from that point of view, very easy Uber-like experience. And I think we need to say Uber-like experience because that's who they're competing with. That's who they're trying to match here. I'm not trying to say they're trying to better it, but that's who they're trying to match to stop the flow of people going to Uber. Now, what happened then was I clicked book the driver or whatever you click and up on the screen came a, you know, we're requesting your booking. And then it said play game. And I went, what's this? And the only other button was cancel booking. So I pressed play game and the screen was taken over by a game except for the cancel booking button. And it was a game of snake. Remember snake on the Nokia's? And so I played this game and lost. And then I thought, well, how do I go back? I said play again. That was the only option I had. Play again or cancel booking. So I was kind of stuck in this game. And I thought, well, I actually don't know what's happening right now. I don't know whether I'm still waiting for a driver to pick up or if I missed something, is the app broken? Couldn't go back, couldn't do anything. So I just kept playing Snake. And I got up to 38, I think, on Snake, which is pretty good for me. And my challenge was then, what the heck's going on? And finally a text message came through saying I had a cab. And a couple of seconds after the text message, the app updated and showed me the cab name, cab driver's name and different things. So that was a bit a bit weird, not the best user experience. Great to have Snake, and that's the best feature of the app, but not the best user experience. And then the cab was at Star City, a couple of blocks away. It sat there, and it sat there for like four minutes, just sat there. And then it suddenly started jiggling around on the map like it was just some crazy lunatic icon on a map. It wasn't clearly following a road, although I got the sense that it was moving. And it was moving a bit, and then suddenly it was in front of me. So the GPS of the app was not anywhere near the GPS of the real cab, which was parked in front of me, and I got in. I said to the guy, I've got bad news. I just want to go around the block. <laughs> Poor fella. He'd knocked back two two fares on the way to pick me up. So we went around to Star City so he, so he could get another fare back there, and it was a $15 cab ride. He pulled over on the side of the road, and I said, oh, that's, you know, that's all sorted through the app. And he goes, have you got cash? I went, no. You got a card? No, I'm paying through the app. Oh, okay. So he pulls out his cab charge machine. He types in all these things and then he presses app and then he goes, it's all done. It's magic. And I went, okay, thanks, man. And it's not magic. It's old school. They're still using the cab charge machine. They're still got to type in all this information. It, it just wasn't as smooth as Uber. I called an Uber X earlier in the day. Dropped off the car at Audi, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Dropped off the car in Audi down in Sydney. Walked out the front, UberX, car pulled up. We had a chat. I jumped out, and we left. And, and we both took care of the ratings and payments separately. I didn't have to sit in the cab waiting, or the car waiting, to, for the payment to go through. So that was, now that, that to me is a fundamental advantage of Uber is I can just get out. When I arrive, I get out. I don't have to wait and deal with payment. They've got to sort that out. They've got the the taxi driver didn't even know about the app. He didn't know about rating, so he he wasn't rating me. So he's still using his old radio system. And here's your problem: if you if you're relying on the old radio system, that's where it's going to fall down. The app Snake is fantastic, but apart from that, if this app was presented to Uber as their app, they would never have launched. They would have went back to the drawing board and tried again. If at first you don't succeed, try and try again. The app needs work. To be clear, the app does work. You can book a cab, and it is a good experience, but it's nowhere near as good as an experience as Uber is, and that's the challenge for one three cabs and cab charge. They need to sort that out. They need to make it seamless. Even if they have to shun a bunch of their drivers and only have specific drivers who are using the app as well, uh, engaging in the service. I don't know, but it didn't work in my mind, and they need to, they need to look at that, and they need to improve it. Uh, you listen to Your Tech Life. I'd love your experience with Uber or taxis. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, I mentioned the tablet I was playing with for $1,800. I had two of them. Two tablets. Android, 10.5-inch. Very nice tablets. They were in the back of a car. Picked up an Audi A4 to review, and it looked like it had TV screens in the back, you know, like DVD screens that are in some cars on the back of the headrest. So it just looked like it had one of those. But in fact, when I sat down in the back seat, they were tablets. Audi tablet is what it said. Audi branded. It wasn't a cover. It was a full-on Audi tablet. And it was actually attached to the back seat, 
to, to the back of the front seat on a, on a dock. Take it off the dock, beautiful Audi logo, and there's all these connectors. So it's charging and all these things while it's in the dock. Now, for all intents and purposes, it's an Android tablet, but you don't see the Android interface unless you click on apps. Because Audi have created an interface that allows you to listen to the radio, digital radio, FM, uh, multimedia. There's a Google Maps. There's a bunch of features, including, um, uh, I think it's just called Car. And you click on the Audi uh, kind of uh, grill icon, and it takes you into the trip computer. So while you're driving, the people in the back seat can see your fuel economy, your speed, even the oil temperature, and all those kind of things. Very, very interesting idea. I'm not 100% sure why you'd want all that. My kids just want a tablet. I guess if you had adults in the back, they might be interested, but it's really gimmicky. And they're $1,800. They're a $3,600 option for the whole car to put these tablets in. Be interested to see whether any apps could take advantage of this. That would be cool, but I'm not sure the the data is uh, open to an API for app uh, developers to utilize. Um, and look, I think it's a lot of money to spend on tablets, but you're about to spend $95,000 on a car. You may as well just throw in the three grand um, because the tablets are always charged. They're secure because if they get stolen, they won't work. Um, and it warns you of that immediately as soon as you take it off the hook. Uh, basically, it has to be put back in the hook every hour or so for it to recognize that it's in the car and not register as stolen. Um, but I thought it was interesting, but really, and I did a little video, if you wanted to check it out, it's on the website, eftm.com.au. I did a little video of the other tech in the car because this thing has a really nice infotainment system and Android Auto and stuff, but it also has uh, a full 12-inch LED dashboard display. I mean, it's it's enormous. It's it's a computer. This thing is a computer on wheels. Um, Sensational, really. And to think that... Uh, all of this technology is there in front of you as a driver and, and there as a passenger. It's, it's just brilliant. And also, just quietly, pretty much autonomous driving. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I was driving down the M2. You put it in adaptive cruise control, which is where you set the maximum speed, and it, and it follows the car in front of you. And it followed the car in front, maintained speed, but it also lane guidance, so it actually drove itself around the corners. Um, you just have to have your hand on the steering wheel and exert some pressure at some point, and it will know that, and it'll let you keep going. So it basically drove itself from Beecroft Road to Lane Cove Tunnel. No problem at all. The The future is so here right now, folks. It's, it's, it's in cars, and it's not going to be long before we need to have this conversation about what's happening on our roads because um, the legalities of this need to be sorted out. They need to be tested better. I, I wouldn't trust it. In, in full, I was very attentive because there's times where either sunlight or other things interfere and it's just a bit scary. But it is very, very interesting and well worth a look. If, you, uh, if you're in the market for a $100,000 car, the Audi A4 is a beautiful one and uh, those tablets will blow your mind. Uh, but if you just want to check it out, I, I wrote it up. You can see the details at eftm.com.au. Excuse my throat. Um, struggling. Uh, we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology. I noticed the new 4Runner 35 is uh, now available on the Garmin website, $299. This is the easy-to-use GPS running watch with wrist-based heart rate. So it monitors your heart rate at the wrist all day, all night, uh, using Garmin Elevate Wrist Heart Rate Technology. Built-in GPS tracks how far, how fast, and where you run. And connected features like smart notifications, automatic uploads to Garmin Connect, and live tracking, as well as music controls. All these things are on board. The Garmin 4Runner 35. All-day activity tracking counts steps, calories, intensity, minutes, and reminds you when to move and automatically uploads your data to Garmin Connect, Garmin's free online fitness community where you can join challenges, receive insights, and share your progress and meet your goals. Run your heart out with the Garmin 4Runner 35. Available now. You'll check it out at garmin.com.au. Um, I put a post up on EFTM uh, just this week about the uh, Plantronics Backbeat Fits. They've uh, they've upgraded the the Backbeat Fits. Now, not technology-wise, they're still pretty much the same headphones, Bluetooth uh, around the back of the head over the year, which makes them fantastic for running, walking, um, exercise, um, a whole range of things. Um, but they've released five new colors is essentially the deal here. They're $179. They're a great headphone. Um, but I, I, I think they're really definitely aimed at people who are active and out there running. I use them as, as kind of wireless headphones when I'm mowing the lawns. Um, and their range to the mobile phone is not long enough for 
you know, if you kind of go around the corner of the house while you're mowing the little patch around the corner and you lose the mobile phone signal. So it's not great range. And also, they're not made to be noise cancelling. They let a lot of noise in so that you're safe on the roads and therefore mowing the lawn's not awesome. So that's the Trev test, okay? Mowing the lawn's not great, but generally unbelievable headphones and very, very good for uh, for those in fitness and probably a fantastic Christmas gift idea for someone you know who loves running and loves listening to music. Uh, the Plantronics Backbeat Fit. Uh, that's the name of the product, and you can check them out now at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, I've been trying very hard to play with Daydream VR, Google's virtual reality headset. Now, to be very clear, uh, at the launch of the Google Pixel, they announced this Daydream View product. I didn't even put it on because I thought, yeah, another just another VR headset, uh, which it was. And, uh, that, you know, I wasn't that pumped and keen and excited about it but they sent me one they sent me another pixel to try with it and all those kind of things uh and i couldn't get it working there was definitely a bug in the app store um and it didn't just affect me i could see that from the ratings um but i finally got it working after they updated the app and i was wrong it's amazing google daydream view is amazing now, it's only available on the Pixel at the moment, and um, new phones come out next year will have the latest operating system, and therefore we'll be able to run Daydream, uh, the app, the VR app. But here's why it's amazing. Samsung Gear VR is a plastic headset you stick on your head and you put your smartphone in, and it works amazingly well, very well. Google Daydream View is $119, similarly priced, if not a lot, if not kind of double, depending on the deal you get, um, and you put your Google Pixel in it and you go into a virtual world. The difference is, it's actually weirdly comfortable. It's made of fabric, it's light, it's just weirdly comfortable. Then um, that is an advantage, without question. But critically, there is a controller. You hold a little controller in your hand. The controller only has three buttons, but in a similar way to an LG Magic Remote or a Wii uh, controller, it's smart. It knows which way it's pointing and, and how it's being used, and therefore it becomes a tool in your virtual world. So, the demonstration app that loads up when you when you learn how to use the daydream is kind of a cartoon forest. Forest goes dark and the control on your hand becomes a torch and you can shine a torch around you. <clears throat> now you can't like in a PlayStation VR you can't move from left to right. You can't move in the virtual world in the physical world. But you can still look around and all those kind of things and you can interact with this simple little controller. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um I was blown away. I'll be honest, because the controller is excellent, very, very well done, very small, very easy to hold. And I think it potentially um, really changes the virtual environment. It changes the virtual experience. The virtual experience come, becomes less about just seeing in 360 and more about interacting in 360. So you can totally imagine um, home tours, which normally when you want to move around a, a real estate tour, you need to stare at a spot. Okay, you stare at a spot and wait, 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 and then it, then it clicks. With the controller, you can just point at a spot and click. You don't have to wait. So the experience is a lot better, and I think that's absolutely in Google's favor here. So um, well worth <coughs> excuse me, uh, checking out. Um, my, my, my reviews uh, are up at eftm.com.au. Uh, and, yeah, I think if you, are, if you do have a Pixel, you should, you should just buy one of these. You should buy the Daydream VR if you own a Pixel because it's made for it. Um, if you love VR and are in the market for a new phone, hold out till next year. If you don't want to buy the Pixel, there'll be plenty of phones next year that are Daydream compatible. Um, so that's um, that's coming, of course. The Daydream VR is available now at store.google.com. Check it out. Let me know what you think. We do it all thanks to the uh, Alcatel range of mobile phones. The Idol 4, I can now tell you, is coming in December after months of waiting because... It wasn't ranged at the telcos. Um, Alcatel is setting up an online store at uh, alcatel-mobile.com slash au. Just search for Alcatel and you will find it. The Idol 4 is your world augmented. It has a little boost button on the side, which boosts the volume in calls. It, it provides nitro boost in games. It It is all about boosting the experience. The Idol 4 is a high-quality uh, mobile phone. It's... Um, it, it's reversible. There is a, also a plus size version, which I think will be $500. The Idol 4 itself will be $400. And i got to tell you, I've been waiting for this to come in full availability so that you could see it and potentially buy it because it's a great phone. 
It's another one of those, okay, if you've got $400, what would you buy? Yeah, this is one of them. Uh, check it out online. Um, Idle for your world augmented is the is the tagline. It's a 5.2-inch or 5.5-inch screen, 13-megapixel um, camera running Android M, and uh, all around a great phone and well worth um, checking out, guys. Um, Idle 4 is what it's called from Alcatel. Check it out now online. Just search for Alcatel Mobile. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. This was a strange story this week, um, but, I, but I ran with it anyway because it is pretty cool and interesting. Uh, Gumtree reckon we could save $3 billion as a society if we shop secondhand. I don't doubt that at all. But... Who's shopping secondhand for Christmas? If I bought something for my wife secondhand, I'm not sure she'd be too happy. <laughs> uh, Gumtree did some research, and they reckon Australians spend 10B, B for billion dollars, on Christmas gifts alone. That's $700 per person. And they reckon if we all went to Gumtree and bought secondhand, we could save $3.6 billion. Now, on Gumtree, there are brand new things out of the box because they were prizes or unwanted gifts or whatever. So it's an interesting kind of exchange economy. Um, but I, look, I don't think we can save $3.6 billion, But if we saved half a billion, that'd be all right. You know, some people don't need uh, the brand new thing. Some people want something classic or something um, unique that can only be bought secondhand. The top 10 most wanted Christmas gifts this year are jewellery and clothing at the top two. But then iPads are three, smartphones are four, Accessories for home are five. Sporting equipment, six. Headphones and speakers are seven. Uh, barbecues are eight. Cameras are number nine. And a smartwatch is number 10 with 400,000 people. Um, extrapolated out from a small survey by Gumtree uh, wanting a smartwatch. That's pretty interesting. And and I put, uh, I won't read them out here, but I put a few great tips up on eftm.com.au for people uh, looking to buy or sell on Gumtree. And I just wanted to say my most important tip if you're buying and selling on eBay, Gumtree or anywhere, is use common sense and meet in person. Now, when I say meet in person, that doesn't mean meet at their front door. It means when you, you know, say, I'm going to come and let me see it or I'll give you the cash, tell them you'll meet in the middle of the Westfield Shopping Centre near you, in a public place, and bring a friend. Go go as a duo. It's okay. You can take, take a friend. There's no legal requirement to go alone. Um, that's a safe way to operate if you're buying and selling secondhand online, and I think it's a good tip. There's a bunch more tips from Gumtree at uh, eftm.com.au. Now, I preface this by saying you know I'm a drone aficionado enthusiast. I love my drone, and I have, I spent a couple of thousand on my drone. But I was sent a, a drone to review recently, the Dobby drone, $599. And it's tiny. It's the size of a smartphone. A bit thicker, obviously, but it's it's the size, physical, you know, width and, and height as a smartphone. Um, the arms or legs or propeller uh, limbs fold out from within it, and the and the props don't need spinning on, and it's all controlled with your smartphone. Now, it's very very interesting to um, to think what you can get for five ninety nine, but. And again, I preface this by saying I, I play with a very expensive and very good camera on the drone. <clears throat> this thing has nine minutes flight time. It um, it flies very easily. It is very good to fly. Um, it takes okay photos, but shocking video because there's no stabilization of the camera. And, you know, that makes video pretty poor from a drone. But here's the thing, for five ninety nine, it's very, very smart. It has the follow me mode that, that's only in some of the high-end drones, really. Um, follow me mode allows you to fly the drone in the air five or ten meters, look down, because the camera can be pointed manually, 45 degree down, um, tap on, you know, your dog or a person or whatever, and, it's, and say go, and it'll follow that thing around the park or whatever. It's very cool. That is a very cool feature. For that alone, it's worth showing off to your mates. Um, but just be wary that $600 is a lot of money to spend on something that has nine minutes flight time, doesn't take great videos, and is a, is a fun toy. If you really want to take videos and photos, you need to invest more. But for $599, very cool little thing. Um, someone told me you can pick it up for a lot less than that. If you can, good luck to you. My biggest drama was I couldn't bloody get the thing flying because you have to register in an app before you can fly it. 
which is stupid. I shouldn't have to give you my email address just to fly a thing that I've bought for five ninety nine. So that, that was my biggest bit of negative feedback about the thing. <clears throat> but um, I think they'll deal with that. And they'll probably update that, I would think, too, because it's a pretty silly feature to have. But the Dobby drone uh, from Zero Tech, uh, check it out at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. <clears throat> now, excuse me, my throat appalling. Apologies for that this week. Um, I'm testing a Samsung 65-inch TV at the moment. Um, and I've got this great LG 65-inch TV that normally sits in the lounge room. And I thought, I'm going to warm out these bloody TVs because it looks so much better. I'm sure it does. But there's no way I'm doing that myself. No way. Because um, I would stuff it up. I'd put the holes in the wrong spot. I would put the mount off center. I don't know what I do, but I get it wrong. So I did some Googling. All right? I thought I'll just search for, you know, warm mount TV Sydney. And... I found five or six places that I clicked on, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. They say they're good. But then I came across this one that had a price, and I thought, well, hang on a minute, that's good. And and it said Universal Home Theatre is what they're called, and there's no commercial arrangement here. I paid them to do this service. It was $297 for the Getting to Know You package. Now, I'll tell you what it says on their website. You can look this up yourself. <clears throat> but it says, professionally flat mount your TV to the wall and enjoy the benefits of streamlined TV installation. Perfectly optimized your viewing height. This service creates a clean, aesthetic look in any home and ensures equipment safety for peace of mind. The the inclusions for the 297R, one site visit, uh, a wall plate including wall mount clip for wall plate, cabling concealed inside the wall, an audit of connected equipment, optimization of recommended cabling, reconnection of equipment, tutorial operation, and, um, and a bracket. A bracket is normally 100 150 bucks. So for three hundred, you're getting everything, including the bracket. If you need more cables or anything, I can sell you all those things. They, I booked them for nine till eleven on a Tuesday morning. Unfortunately, my life is a little bit hard to plan. Sometimes I get a call, I have to go. The Today Show called, I had to go. I was doing a segment at ten o'clock. I, I, I had to cancel the booking. I said, look, it's tomorrow. It was a Monday afternoon. I said, I can't do tomorrow morning. I said, unless you can come earlier. And they said, well, we'll come earlier. They they were here at six thirty. Okay, which is agreed. We agreed on 6.30. Now, here at 6.30, it was done by 7.15, and that included us gibbering for a bit. And it's beautiful. Honestly, $300, if you don't have your TV, big, if you've got a 55-inch or, or larger TV and you have not wall-mounted it, you are crazy because it looks sensational. Also, if you've got cables dangling down below your TV, you're crazy. It can look a lot better. And finally, I will say also, Samsung uh, new TVs have this... Um, single connect, one connect, I think it's called. Uh, so there's a single cable runs from the TV down to your entertainment unit where all the HDMIs and things are. It's a very smart way to m- remove the need for all those cables running through the wall. Anyway, the company's Universal Home Theatre. I paid $302, including the credit card surcharge, um, for the service. And Faz was the guy that came and did it. He was awesome. And I highly recommend it. I, I think if you're looking for a, a TV wall mount, give them a call. You'll be blown away by how simple it is and also how awesome it looks. Honestly, I love sitting in my lounge room looking at this TV now. It's great. Anyway, Universal Home Theatre is what they're called. I wrote up the details also at eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, I wanted to bring you a couple of interviews from the radio show this week. Now, again, I'll just give it more context because last time I did this, I got a couple of emails saying, well, I was a bit confused. Um, uh, Every night... Weeknight, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 8 o'clock on Talking Lifestyle here in Sydney. Um, Talkinglifestyle.com.au or 954am. I do a radio show, one hour, talking tech, interviews, news, your calls, whatever you like. And that's a lot of content. And that's why this podcast has been a little bit uh, delayed of late because I'm busy. Um, And I hope you accept that. And if you don't, go away. Uh, no, so we do some great interviews, two night, two interviews a night. So we're doing a lot of content. We're talking about a lot of great things, but there's a couple of things I wanted to bring you here because they are totally up your alley. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to play those interviews to you in full. So what you'll also hear is Nick Bennett. Now, Nick Bennett is a radio legend. He worked at Triple M Drive for many, many years. He's worked in the music industry for many, many years. You might recognize his voice. Nick is the the anchor of the the four hours on TUE Talking Lifestyle Afternoons, and uh, and I come in for my hour. So he's there, and we chat, and we do things, and we talk about the interviews, and he's in the interviews. So that's the second voice you hear, Nick Bennett. 
Um, and I won't, I don't want to try and cut him out of the interview. It's crazy. Um, he's there. It's these interviews are from my radio show. Um, and hopefully uh, you can tune into the radio show. If you have a tech question, you can call into the radio show. And if you really want to over, overwhelm yourself with Trevor Long, um, there are podcasts of the radio show as well. You can just go to iTunes and search for Talking Technology. There are actually two podcasts, uh, the full show, uh, an hour a night, and also just the interviews. A podcast is a separate podcast. So uh, check either of those out. And if you do, if you do check them out and you do subscribe, go to iTunes, give them a rating. Because that'll start to show up on the on the radio station list. I'll get kudos now. <laughs> um, so the first interview I want to bring you is a sensational Aussie startup called Cardly. Check this out. Nick, you know it's really annoying. Well, I could go on. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so, well, let me let me let me narrow it down for you. Thank Going you. to the post office. Yeah, yeah. It's actually hard to believe that in 2016 we still have to go to the post office. You don't have to go in America. Mm. They have a service which allows you to print stamps in America at home. Okay. And the postman, stop it. (laughs) You're terrible. The postman collects your outbound mail from your house. Yep. Now, that's genius for a start, but let's leave that there. We don't have that here. Instead, we have to slip it to the post office mm. and wait in line or drive mm. around the neighbourhood looking for a post box. I feel like they're removing those things. They're getting harder to find. They are, mate. That is true. That's another e- story, though. Wow, okay. Even if we just want to post a card. Except, thanks to a little Aussie startup in Melbourne called Cardly.net, you don't have to anymore. Yeah. Cardly.net allows you to buy a card, mm-hmm. write custom messages in the card in digital handwriting, mm-hmm. and send them to whoever you want to send it to no trip to the post office required. Patrick Gaskin is the co-founder of Cardly.net, and I'm pleased to welcome him to the show. G'day, mate. G'day. How are we? Hello. Mate, very well. Talk us through about where the idea from Cardly.net came from. Does it uh, going to the post office annoy you as much as it annoys me? <laughs> it does. I'm not a fan of queues and post offices, that's no. for sure. <laughs> but it actually goes back a bit further than that. I um, grew up, uh, my family owned news agencies, so I sort of grew up in news agencies. Oh, interesting. Um, sort of came from the greeting card side of things where, ah. um, you know, we wanted to um, create something where people could buy beautiful cards without actually even having to go to the store as well. Mm. So it's kind of best of both worlds. You don't have to go to the store, nor do you have to go to the post office. To so explain it. for us in your words, how does Cardly.net work? Yeah, sure. So basically, um, we allow people to write and doodle inside beautiful, funny and quirky cards. We then print and post them from, for people um, from either Sydney, uh, London, or New York. So hmm. you can uh, yeah can actually send it across the world without having to go to a post office either. So if someone was on Cardly.net now, and and you have categorised cards: your birthday, love, seasonal, every day. How many? Yeah. And under then you have subcategories. How many card designs are there? Oh, uh, well over a thousand. Hmm. So wow. we've got. Um, Independent artists we've signed up from from around the world, from places as far away as Hungary and hmm. uh, the US and UK and so on. So we've we've worked with all independent artists, um, and yeah, there's 35 of them, and together there's yeah, there's a pretty big range and lots of choice, and it's the sort of stuff you'd usually be able to find in sort of a boutique card store, which there's not a lot of. I think they're even rarer than those post boxes, um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it means that you can get a really high quality product without actually having to. Leave your uh, leave your computer or now, do it on your phone. The good news is I've got one in my hand because cool. Sam, our producer, I sent him your details and, and he you you kindly let him order a card for me. Yep. Um, fortunately, not a Valentine's card. That would have been orcs. Yeah, that would have but, been weird. So what Sam did was go to the website and and find a card that suited me. And uh, just so you know, folks, um, it's George Costanza um, with a with a cigar or a drawing of George Costanza with a cigar and a famous line from Seinfeld, the jerk, the jerk store called, they're running out of you, which is, uh, thanks, Sam. Appreciate that. Uh, I, to be honest, I laughed just at the card. So, again, I don't think you can see this kind of card in a store, so that's a win. But then on the inside, he's he's written a card to me, and it says, Dear Trevor, what do you got? get the guy who literally has every cool gadget? So he's written, he's written a card. There's a whole letter here with drawings in it as well of a mobile phone and a TV and I've got to be honest Patrick I had to look really really hard at this and mm, go mm. did he write this and, and it's yep. not he chose yep. a handwriting style and, and you printed this on the card for him yeah that's it we, um, we've got proprietary technology around how we do the handwriting 
and it makes it look, yeah, as you said, a lot like real human handwriting. So it's uh, the reason why we did that is we wanted to make the product people get just feel that much more authentic. Yeah. You know, we wanted to um, let people convey what they do in a traditional card and do that exact same thing digitally, but they still get a physical card. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. You, the sender gets the convenience of not having to you know, go to a store, go to the post office, but the recipient still gets basically just as good a product as they would have otherwise. Double whammy vouch. I've got one here too, and it just looks amazing. The envelope cool. looks handwritten. I got you're the worst with, you know, <laughs> spelt W-U-R-S-T. Like, you're the worst. <laughs> Very funny stuff. Now, Patrick, are you the only people in, on the planet doing this? Because it's a mind-bogglingly great idea that has clearly global appeal. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, we're the, as far as we know, we're the first to ever let people handwrite and doodle inside the card like this. So that's, um, that's certainly unique. But uh, there have been some businesses in the past that have kind of done the uh, digital card and and then sent it and printed out something and sent mm. it for you. I mean, even Apple's tried to let you you know get your photos printed on a card and send it somewhere. Mm. But it's not the same when you're when you're using handwriting on the inside. That's what you've done to go proprietary. Mm. That's it. Yeah, and it's um, it's resonated really really well with with customers. Like they they love that and they keep coming back and using it. So uh, it's been good. And, and during the, the composition process as you're deciding what to do, you've got a message suggestion feature. Now, I guess yeah. people are often stuck for words when it comes time to write the card. How many message suggestions can people choose from? Because that's a pretty cool service as well. Yeah, what we um, we kind of, I think it's us males in particular. We, uh, we, coined, this, <laughs> we coined this phrase that um, you get blank page syndrome. You're sitting there going, mm. okay, there's a blank page here. What am I going to write? Um, I want to I say something meaningful, but I don't know where to start. And that's Mm. As, as you've seen, there's there's lots of choices there. It's yeah. all categorised based on the type of card you're purchasing. You just drag and drop a little bit of inspirational text and then you can change it or edit around it and make it your own. So um, I don't know how many there are all up, but it must be in the hundreds of different uh, verses and phrases that you can use. I wonder why it's men. You know, I come up with things like, <laughs> I miss you more than hummus and crackers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why why are women better at this stuff than us, do you think, Patrick? Well, I don't know. Um, I think women traditionally send more greeting cards than us guys. Okay. We're not ten- we tend not to be the, the big romantics, mm. um, generally. Mm. There's always exceptions. But, um, well, there's Valentine's Day is the exception. Well, You know what I'd pay for, Patrick? I'd pay for help. Just forget the card <laughs> delivery. I'd pay for just suggestions. You know the worst one? When someone's leaving at work, and they're not someone you really know very well, and, and everyone, they pass around that big card. You've got yeah, to put right. five bucks in, yeah. and you've got to write a message. Mm. I mean, I need yeah. some inspiration there, Patrick. Mm. Exactly mm. right. And that's when, it, that's when it's worse, because you can see what other people have written. Yes. They've written something really amazing, and you're going... Oh dear, what am I going to write? Everyone's going to compare what I've written. How do I beat that? So sorry I didn't get to know you better. (laughs) All the very best. Good luck in the future. That's my standard fare. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, Patrick, how many people do you employ at Cardly.net? Well, Trevor, we're we're just starting out. We've only been going for about 11 months and been in beta for most of it. So it's basically me and my co-founder, Tom. He's the developer that's built everything you've seen. and um, Yeah, so we're a tiny team at the moment, but uh, planning to get bigger as we get more and more success. Patrick, I love the fact that you are doing something with a Seinfeld image, you know, that Trevor got to his place. And I think you guys are okay because there's no chance you're going to get poisoned by licking the back of an envelope or a stamp. (laughs) That's true too. That is very good, Nick. I'm going to pay that one, mate. That is... That is your best yet, and that's the point. Like, and we should point out, it comes in a in a, a nice kind of brown um, recycled envelope. But again, the handwriting on the front is. And I don't know how you do this, but I've and I've been studying this with everything but a magnifying glass. <laughs> it looks to the point where it's been written with a with a, a felt texture, mm. because some parts of it, the writing looked darker than others. I mean, it is phenomenal. Mm. It's the same handwriting on the card as it is. On the envelope, you've done a very, very good job. I guess the, the thing I want to know now, you're just two blokes, you've created this great idea, you've created a, a company. What's it yep. like launching a tech company in Australia? Again, I, and I ask this regularly and I think it's interesting for us to find out because we're just the, we're just the average um, you know, voters here and we have uh, politicians saying we have to do this and that in innovation and tax and all this. What is it like launching a tech company here? Is it good or could it be better? Oh, could, everything could always be better. Um, look, it's it's not without its challenges, that's for sure. I mean, we uh, we both kind of put our lives on hold to, to be able to even start contemplating something like this. So I think every entrepreneur has to do that at some point. 
Mm. Um, in terms of support, um, look, there's, there's not a lot of government support when you're really starting out right at the start. It's, yeah. I think when you get a little bit of traction or you're of a little bit bigger scale, then, yeah, there's some of the, the new initiatives that probably make a difference. But when you're, when you're first stepping off the, uh, off the deep end, uh, it's, it's pretty daunting. But, uh, I mean, you do it with the best of hope and, um, you know, ambition. And uh, I think that's what kind of drives the entrepreneur. You know, you you, you push hard and, and you, you kick your head down and you bum up and, and hopefully at some point you, you can take advantage of some of the, the bigger things that are available. Um, probably the best thing, though, is the sense of community. So Melbourne's got quite a good startup environment. Hmm. Um, there's lots of really amazing co-working spaces you can take advantage of. And um, there's this really collaborative sort of vibe. Everyone's interested in what you're doing and you're similarly interested in what they're doing and what challenges they're they're facing, and together you you kind of um, there's great solidarity in that, and um, I think that makes it more um, more enjoyable, or at least you know makes it a little less daunting because you know that there are other people going through the same stuff. Patrick, in a way, I suppose you could argue that what you're doing is in competition to news agencies. What future do you hold for them in Australia? Um, well, as I said, the, the family business was in news agencies and I think uh, they are seriously challenged. Mm. Um, I think uh, I remember quite clearly I was still working in the business when the first iPhone came out and I thought that was the moment that said to me that there's a problem here because the moment that uh, magazines, which was sort of the lifeblood of news agencies, yeah. that there was another option for consuming time, particularly in, on trains or, or just, you know, passing the time as you used to. Mm. Um, now, if you're on public transport, no one's reading a magazine anymore. They've got their head down looking at a, a some device, you know, a smartphone or a tablet. Yeah, so, yeah, so true. Um, yeah, I, look, you know, when your fundamentals are starting to be challenged, it's difficult and um, there are less of them than ever before, which makes it harder to find a card anyway. Mm. But um, I think it, it is difficult. You know, the, the, the station they sell is cheaper in office works and... Mm. Um, more available in, in uh, the supermarkets than ever before and they don't have much that's just their own anymore. They were a bit of a protected species for, for a while there. They had territories and so on that, that kept them sort of a little safeguarded but mm. over the years they've sort of eroded um, what they had as sort of unique as a unique proposition. Um, Digital disruption, Patrick. Well, uh... yeah, I mean, every industry's facing it. They probably yeah. face it a little bit sooner. It's, it's a little bit like the video store, maybe not quite as bad as the video store. no. Um, Cardly.net your motto is you write we post Um, uh, and the the thing is uh, I'll read the back of the card it says you know handwriting beautiful and quirky cards I mean that is that is exactly what you've got Um, they are really cool designs very some of them are very fun some of them are serious you know there's every topic you want Cardly C-A-R-D-L-Y dot net is the website very easy to do Uh, the price includes obviously the cost of the card and the postage um, and they're obviously very unique and, and well-designed cards. And the d- designers are, I'm assuming, getting a, a cut from all of that, which is great. Patrick, good luck with it, mate. I look forward to following how it goes, and, and hopefully you keep in touch. And as you become a worldwide success, we can uh, we can keep enjoying that and celebrating with you, mate. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for that, guys. See you, mate. Talking technology without the jargon. Your tech line with Trevor Long. Love that service. Really want you to get your Christmas cards uh, sending. If you've got my address, send me a cardly. Um, but I don't think you do. Uh, the It's a very cool service. Aussie, $6.45 or something. It's crazy good. Send some Christmas cards, folks. All right? Enjoy sending Christmas cards to people. You might just get a good feeling out of the, the joy of people receiving them, let alone you sending them. Now, the second interview I want to bring you, again, Nick's with me in the studio, and um, Nick Bennett and I, we, we were able to have a chat with uh, Catherine Pace, who, along with her... Um, her partner and friend Amy Atkins uh, created a, a business, a startup called Elanation. Now, this is all about getting kids moving again, getting kids up and about and active, and it rewards them. Their physical activity in the real world gets rewarded with game progress. I'll let Catherine explain.
Here's an alarming statistic for you, Nick. What is it? There are 2.5 million 8 to 12-year-olds in Australia. That's not the alarming part. I've got two that's, of them. I've, uh, I've only got one of those. Okay. I've got a couple under bad. that. But Three yeah, between no. us. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not the alarming part. The alarming part <laughs> is that I have kids. Some people would be alarmed by that. But the alarming part of those 2.5 million 8 to 12-year-olds, 625,000 mm. are obese. No, that's very sad. Uh, it's a huge problem for parents across the country. Our kids are becoming couch potatoes and in a way. It's hard to blame them, really. You've got iPads, iPhones, Xbox, PlayStation. Netflix, YouTube, Minecraft, I could go on, especially just in my household. Um, they're being enticed to stay indoors by incredible breakthroughs in gadgets and technology. And it's therefore difficult to work out how to get your kids to move. How do you entice them to go outside, run around and play sport? That's the problem that Sydney startup Elanation has been trying to solve. And the way they're going about it is actually really, really cool. Elanation is a lifestyle technology brand for kids. They've built a wearable designed for kids. It's a wristband called E-Turbo. But here's the cool part. The E-Turbo connects with an interactive online game and physical activity in the real world is rewarded in the online world. Catherine Pace is the co-founder and CEO of Elanation. I'm delighted to welcome her here to the studio. G'day, Catherine. G'day, Trevor. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Firstly, uh, Elanation, what does that mean? Where'd that come from, the name? So a land means energy and enthusiasm, and we're growing a global nation of children that play energetically and enthusiastically both oh, online and offline. That sounds like it was whiteboard workshop for <laughs> yeah, some time. Definitely took a couple of days. We wanted to find a URL that didn't already exist. Ah, that's oh. also the challenge for a good yeah. startup needs to find the right URL. Yeah. You, know, you know you're in it if you've got the, got the right URL. So oh, I touched on it at the start, but in your words, describe Elanation to us. Yeah, no, you did a brilliant job. Um, basically, we... We merge sports equipment with an exciting online community and futuristic galaxy. So the first product we bring to market is the E-Turbo, which is a wristband, which measures steps and translates into virtual game advancements. So every child gets an avatar inside this virtual world, yeah. which they can soup up in relation to their physical activity in the real world. So instead of just playing a game and the more you play it, the more points you earn, in the real world, you're earning points, credits, however it works, by doing physical, act physical activity being monitored by the E-Turbo on your wrist. Yeah, exactly. So we have this really cool uh, energy system where every avatar has a power pack and in the power pack, they store energy from the real world and then hydrogen they've mined in the virtual world. And the avatar can only survive if they have both those two energy So you sources. can't just keep playing the on online no. game uh, ad nauseum. No. You just won't be able to exist. Your, your player will power down essentially. Correct, and you can't explore anymore, you can't build things anymore, you can't kill all the monsters anymore without both those two energy sources. So you and your founder, Amy, have interesting backgrounds. How did you get together? How did you come up with this? Yeah, so we actually met at a wedding, uh, funny enough, a couple of years ago at Dirk Must Girl. have been a ripper. Yeah. <laughs> you come we up with a business idea at a wedding. Gee, this yeah. is on the back of a coaster, boring <laughs> wedding, but here's a great business idea. <laughs> yeah, well, it was Dirk Girl, um, that famous sort of uh, kids television yes. series on the ABC. Jabba's uh, voice was in it. And right. Yes. There you go. Yep. So it was at her wedding, um, but Amy and I became friends after that. I was salsa dancing. She was a jazz dancer, and mm. um, but we'd both built apps before. We'd both built technology before. Yep. She has 20 years in children's products and entertainment, starting with the Wiggles and then moving into ABC, yeah. um, working with things like Bob the Builder, et cetera. And then I have six years in Denmark um, doing engineering and design, Lego? working with the likes of Lego, Bang yep. & Olsen, et cetera. Uh-huh. And um, she saw a real problem. So in the children's market, she could see that, you know, kids needed to get back outside. And mm. um, and so the initial idea was let's do a really cheap knockoff wearable, connect it to one app and that be it. Uh, because you could. That's obviously a very simple thing to do. Yep. I'm not sure it hasn't been done. I think there's there's other attempts at the online, offline collaboration so that there's kids are getting some form of incentive. but. So you're trying to take that to the next level by creating a whole ecosystem? ecosystem. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we did a test trial earlier in the year where we connected a bike sensor, skipping rope, and the e-turbo all to a basic online community. Uh, and then we started partnering with like the likes of uh, Australian Rugby 7, so Pat McCutcheon, Sabre Norris, where kids can actually also unlock inspiring video content, teaching them sporting uh, tips and right. tricks. So if they hit that 10,000 steps per day, they unlock inspiring video to right. teach them some new cool sports stuff that they can go out into the real world and do. So we're constantly creating a loop of physical digital play, and that's one of our trademarked terms. So how long does an idea like this take to get to where you are today? Because yeah. obviously you're not fully in retail yet. You've got a bit of work to do there. Yep. Uh, you know, you've obviously been working on this for a while. What's that journey? Yeah, so we both quit our jobs in October last year. Um, big call. Big call. Mm. And then it took us, we raised our first round of funding on July 1st. 
Um, and I guess that six-month period is really pivotal because you refine and you refine and you refine what exactly you're going to build and bring to market. And it's kind of like yep. this elastic band that you pull back and pull back. And as soon as the money's in bank, it's like bang. And so we've just brought a brilliant team of developers and artists and partners together to be able to bring a really high quality product to market what yep. we found with kids the kids industry there's a lot of toys um there's a lot of kind of knockoffs yep. and very cheap whereas we've been to china twice nearly three times now mm. um we've gone and vetted over 10 different manufacturing plants we've looked at the plastic we've looked at the materials we've looked at the hardware we've looked at the sdks we've made sure that the whole the whole package is really quite sophisticated and something that the kid wants to cherish just like if they happen to have bought a fitbit or a garmin mm. just in this case it's not illegal for them and, and when you say illegal what do you mean by that because there'd be plenty of parents that would have bought their kids a garmin or a fitbit or something like that um is it is it just that those things aren't calibrated for kids? They're not really tracking their activity correctly? Um, the illegal part comes from the fact that in the app, there's the option to free text chat. And because you can free text chat, anyone can get into the app and then speak to that other person. Mm. So inside Elanation's application, we have predetermined text. So all the sentences are predetermined and a child has to pick from those sentences to be able to speak to another child. Um, so it's all about congratulating each other and things like that. But I think safety is the first point. The second point is more about, is it entertaining? Like mm. data, analytics, these kinds of dashboards for kids are just boring. Mm. And this is where Amy's skills have really flourished because it was all about entertainment. Like what is actually exciting for a child? And if you watch them play Minecraft, you know, mm. it's, or any of these types of games, it's being able to unlock cool virtual game advancements. Mm. But then also this curated newsfeed content where they can unlock their favourite sports star teaching them a new tip or trick is super exciting and drives them back outside. Right. So, Catherine, what about the outdoors side? I'd like yeah. to hear more about that. It sounds like you've got the indoors side really covered. Clearly there's more that kids can do than just walk. Mm. Are you encouraging them to do other things like play sports, be a part of team sports or, or solo pursuits like dance or tennis? or Yeah. What, what is it that they're going to be doing outside? Yeah. So um, basically, you know, we start with the e-turbo and the e-turbo measures steps and, and distance. But, um, you know, as I mentioned before, we've got the bike sensor coming later okay. and the skipping rope and things like that. Yep. But there's a stopwatch included. So if you get a kid the wearable with the stopwatch, then... Um, you know, they just start building their own games out of that. Like, okay. we don't want to try and define too much of their play. It's, yep. it's also about that creative, flexible mm -hmm. freedom, mm. um, which is also really important for us. So it's not being too prescriptive. Uh, a lot of the other products we're seeing for kids come to market is very parent-orientated, where the parent really dictates, these are your goals for the day. This is what you need to be able to achieve. Um, we've kind of built that into the game. So you can accept quests, which say today's quest is 7,000 steps, and you go out and achieve that. Um, things like dance mats and stuff, we're definitely looking at plugging in as well in the future. We mm. want connected music boxes. We'd love to have kids across the world all playing um, like stuck in the mud together and things like that. And mm. There's so many options with IoT. Like the technology is phenomenal, which is available. And what we're actually doing is just picking out the right parts and amalgamating a solution that is actually expiring and um, just awesome for kids. Yeah. So uh, how do you then compete at a, at a retail level at the sales point? Because again, parents are, you know, hip pocket driven in many cases. And, you know, a lot of parents will say, well, it's fine. I can give my own kids a challenge of 5,000, 7,000, 10,000 steps. And, you know, before they can play the Xbox or whatever, how do you compete? Is it, a, is it on price or like, cause in, in a retail store, they're going to walk in and they're going to see the product side by side. They may not even have the, the benefit of hearing this, let alone reading more. So yeah. how do you get the attention at the retail level? Yeah. Um, I think at the moment, like, um, when you go into a retail space, you have the Fitbits and garments and they're for kids. The only other option for kids is a leap band. Um, yeah. and that's really for preschool. It's not for this eight to 12 year old demographic. It's okay. not cool. And you can look at the <laughs> packaging and see there's souped up avatars we've got yeah. on the front. That seems to be attracting the eyes of the kids anyway, that we all know yep. are walking into these rebels and JV hi-fis and these kinds of stores. Um, the, kid, the kids are going to want to receive a package that looks like a game as yeah. opposed to a you know, Fitbit or a Garmin that just looks like a fitness product. Yeah. And then if you look at the features of the actual e-turbo, so for example, our base model has a heart rate monitor. It has a virtual digital screen. Um, it has touchscreen capability. And that's all retailing at 129. Like the base level Fitbit doesn't even have the digital screen yeah. uh, in there or a heart rate monitor. Plus ours, ours is IPX7, so it's waterproof. Yep. So we really picked out all the features and functionality that a kid wants and put it all together in a really high quality product for them at the lowest price point in market. And then how do you get the kids to engage in that digital world that you're creating? Because obviously you're competing against every other app. 
You're competing yeah. against Minecraft. Mm. That's a behemoth. Yeah. How do you compete for screen time? Because if the if the trade-off between activity is screen time for, mm. for a parent versus child, then how do you make the kids want to go to your thing first or, sure. or as a part of their screen time? Yeah. Um, the social element. So for kids... I don't know if you've ever heard of Club Penguin, yeah, but it was big. yeah, it was huge. And is it still? I mean, I, I remember it being big, but I just think it kind of trailed away. It trailed away because they didn't move to mobile, so right. the whole world moved. So to Club mobile. Penguin, for people that don't know, was this mm. kind of website you you could sit your kids in front of a computer and they could play virtual games. It was one of those kind of subtly educational. You didn't realize they were learning, but they really were. Mm. Um, and it was a community, but yeah. because it was the web, the kids went to iPads, and it was it. Died because this probably okay. still exists on the web, but yeah. you know, if you don't, if you're not in mobile, you're not, you're not there. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you raise a good point, and that's, I guess, that's why we're on radio. Like yeah. awareness is the biggest thing. As soon yeah. as people or kids have started playing the game, then they just refer it to their friends, and we just sort of see this flow-on effect, which yeah. is yeah. amazing. So it's all about community. It's all about going outside, playing in the local neighbourhood with your with your mates, and then plugging in, and eventually being able to play against kids in other regional parts of Australia, or then against kids in China or kids in America. So it's really all about building the community um, and that relationship between your physical community and your virtual community. You mentioned other products. Um, So obviously you're you're looking to get into retail soon. You'll have a small limited quantity available for Christmas online, but how long is the the lead time on those other things like uh, biking equipment or skipping ropes? Is that just next year or do you have to wait until you've got to a certain point before you can bring the next um, the next part of the ecosystem online. Yeah, no, we're definitely aiming for next year, mid next yeah. year for the first one, the second one, sorry. Catherine, I'm curious, you say you've been to China, was it four times? Uh, this year, twice. Twice, okay, but you've been more than twice? Yes. Altogether? Yeah. Is that like Toy Central? What's it like? <laughs> it's amazing. So you've gone over there as a startup and you're kind of in the business of kicking the tires. Yeah. And no doubt they lay it on and they bring out some dumplings and they pour you some tea <laughs> and they say, come in here and you know, sign up with us and look at what we've got. What have they got? What's yeah. it like? If you ever go to the Sichuan district, like the spice there is crazy. Your whole faces on fire so it's it's de- it's definitely a whole lot of experiences over there it's great at night like everyone dances outside um, families as well we saw kids rolling around in like shoes that convert into rollerblades with lights going off and, right and this is the thing like we would go to you've got to pick your manufacturers like a lot of the manufacturers are hidden they're not it's not like this whole street yeah. most of the streets with all the iot devices in it um, they're all retailers, you know, they're not, they're, they're not, not the actual manufacturers. Manufacture right. Yeah. They're just making a buck on top of whatever the manufacturer out in yep. Shenzhen district right. is actually building. Um, but you get a lot of inspiration and like, I love it. I'm craving to go back. That's <laughs> right. the bit that, you know, I love. Um, and when you get over there and it's just finding the right companies that have the right amount of quality and attention to detail. Um, but you know, you've, there's a lot of gadgets, there's a lot of gimmicks and ripoffs and things, but yeah. to be honest, you don't see a lot of innovative stuff. Um, right. you know, it's, it's, it's very gimmicky. Right. Um, I guess that's waving where... Waving bears. Yeah, waving bears. A lot of waving <laughs> yeah. bears. Yeah, waving bears, things that flash and then they stop flashing after an hour. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's just been more about finding those quality partners, which we've done really well now and, um... Yeah. Bringing the right product, and to just market. quickly, you mentioned funding. Uh, so it took six months, and you got funding. Was that Australian funding? Was that yep. international funding? No, we were really um, focused on finding some of the best Australian investors. Mm-hmm. So Club Investable um, with Trevor Folsom is one of our lead investors, and um, then we have a few players from Sydney Angels, Affirmative Investments. So we really, it was really important for us to find strategic investors. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sponsored by Herbert Smith Freehills. Uh, the lawyers there have just been fantastic in supporting us. Um, and our accounting partners. So it's um, we're really focused on bringing the Australian community together to do this. Great email here from yeah. uh, Peter in Castle Hill. He says, Trevor, I'm listening uh, to a great concept for our computer-ridden kids. Mm-hmm. Well done. Let's get our kids using this product and get them out of their bedrooms into the real world. E-Turbo, what a great concept. So there you oh, go. Straight amazing. Up. Thanks, there mate. Straight up easy, unless that's from your brother or something like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mentioned you know, availability is coming. So Elanation, yep. uh, what do people do uh, yeah. to get it, get on board? Yeah, elanation.com, E-L-A-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. Just go into the shop. 
um, pre-order today. We're only offering a thousand for Christmas, so it's the first thousand who are in there. We've already yeah. sold a couple hundred, so it'd be great. Um, we'd love to see people around Australia all mm. purchasing it and yep. seeing what that looks like for the kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, jump on board. You can follow us on Facebook, um, uh, but mainly it's the website. Sign up for our newsletter. We have a pretty engaged community. ELA Nation, ELA Nation, and uh, obviously next year will be huge because you'll get into retail. You'll have the new ecosystem of products. It's going to be big. We hope. Yeah, Good luck. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be back here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, hap- we'll happily talk again and again. If the product's going well and you and, and it's it's building a community, happy to be behind it because a lot. it's a common question. You know, screen time and these kind of questions yeah. come up all the time. Yeah. Um, and there is no one answer. There's no yeah. right or wrong answer either. And I think that's, that for me, that's actually the interesting thing is to see how you evolve the product around the community that you built. Yeah. Because with respect, no one's got the right answer, so it would be very interesting to see how you how you build it and how it evolves. And just to finish, I'd like to go back to the start if we can. So if you've just joined this conversation, remember that there are 2.5 million 8 to 12-year-olds in Australia and there's 625 of them, unfortunately, are obese. So thousand. Yeah, so, sorry, thousand. <laughs> so, so Catherine, yeah, all the very best. It's a great concept. Thank you. Thank you Catherine so much Pace, for having me. Catherine uh, Pace, co-founder and CEO of Elanation. Good luck. Thank you. See you later, guys. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. We're all done. It's over. Episode 352. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Um, do support the good people that support the show. Garmin, satellite navigation, GPS products, and, uh, and Alcatel Mobile. Uh, thank you for their company. Thank you for your company. Uh, go to the iTunes store to uh, leave a rating, leave a review, say g'day, say hi on the website, eftm.com.au. Tweet me at Trevor Long. Follow me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. You can find me everywhere. I'm ubiquitous. Uh, and hopefully next week, next Tuesday, I think we're going to do a great seg on the Today Show with some kids' gadgets. Uh, probably perfect timing for Christmas. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Talk to you again soon. Thank you.